Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. We are here ahead of Saturday. Obviously, all the ITV races coming at you in the next half an hour or so. We will be previewing the action. And we've got a bit of flats and a bit of summer jumps. And no one loves summer jumps racing more than Kevin Blake. How are you, Kevin? Uh, yeah, love it. Summer jumps, beautiful. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be talking about Newbury in the car, and I might. I'm so excited about market raising, I might not be able to talk about it, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see how we are when <laughs> we get there. Oh, we'll, ju- we'll just judge it. You know, we don't want to, we don't want you to peak too early this week, Kevin. <laughs> um, Dan Barber, how are you? Quick check in. Yeah, very good, thank you. Despite good, another good. breakdown of my motor, anybody know oh. anything about cars? No, not not the right podcast for that, Dan. But anyway, let's move on. I'm in a new location in Ireland. And TC, you're still on your jolly holidays. How's it going? Have you got a tan yet? Let's see you. It looks like a floating head with that white background. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, back tomorrow. Yeah, I've got, uh, for obvious reasons, got to stay out of the sun uh, a fair <laughs> bit. But yeah, enjoying it, enjoying it. This is my debut on my phone. Oh, well, I'm on my phone as well. It's all going swimmingly well so far. Uh, Let's kick straight on to a bit of weather watch, TC. I know you're abroad, but I also know that you're very Mm. diligent. And so we're obviously looking at one race from the Curra with the Oaks, the Irish Oaks over here in Ireland. But then our main focus is Newbury, and then we've got market raising for the summer jump. So what ground are we expecting at all three venues, please? Uh, Start with the Curra. It's yielding to soft currently. Over the next four days, they're going to get one mil, four mil, nine mil, seven mil. So I'm mm-hmm. working on the basis of soft stroke heavy for the Irish wow. Oaks. Market raising is good, and they've been watering to the tune of 20 mil from Monday to Wednesday. Could be watering them today on Thursday, for all I know. And uh, the clerk, of course, might be surprised to hear that they're expecting five mil on Friday and 17 mil on Saturday. So... Oh dear. And um, <laughs> is good and they're expecting four mil on Saturday. So, but that obviously can change, but that's the current state of play. Okay, good ground then. And only four mil expected at Newbury. And that is where we're going to start. Dan Barber, everyone's for everything over the Newbury card here on this podcast. So, but we're going to start with you. And we start with the 150, which is the first of the ITV races. It's the listed race over the 10 furlongs. And Al Azi is the horse at the focus point at the top of the market for the William Haggis Yard, obviously off the back of the disappointing. Well, was it disappointing? The return when we last saw him taking on. Godolphin's Highland Avenue, epic poet in there making his UK debut, having been trained by Jean-Claude Rouge in the past, now in the Mead team. Those are the top three in the market. And is Al-Azi, we just expect him to take a massive step forward from the comeback run, Dan? You need to be if you're taking four to six. I mean, he wasn't. He didn't even beat the horse, so I'm going back to the well with Phantom Flight. But the, the Al-Azi... And the Alazi price baffles me. I appreciate, yes, he's the best horse in the race, but three weeks ago, he ran like his legs were tied together, missed the break, was in rear. I know it's that stupid race where Kamari and Outbox nicked it from the others, but when he came under pressure, it wasn't like he was responding and flying home. So, no, couldn't. I just couldn't bring myself to back a horse who's run like that so recently at four to six. And I thought 10 to one Phantom Flight was a rather insulting appraisal of his chance because I know I'm following this horse off a cliff, but I'm sure he's a listed class horse at least. And two starts back, really good run at Goodwood. And 
he did all right the way that race was run. He did significantly better than Alazi anyway. And maybe 10 to 10 furlongs is the sweet spot for him trip-wise, even though I thought a mile and a half would be fine at Newmarket. All right. Phantom Flights currently, as Dan has said, 10 to 1 with the sportsbook as we speak right now. And Alazi at the top of the market at 4 to 6. Highland Avenue's in there at 7 to 2. Um, TC, I'm, I'm presuming, and obviously you should never presume in life, I'm presuming, I think it's safe to say, you're surely taking on Al-Azi as well. Yeah, I, I honestly like that. I just could not believe I was sitting waiting for the price to come up about 11.30. We're recording this at three o'clock on Thursday. Um, and I just, it when, I just couldn't believe it when four to six popped up. Um, I wouldn't consider backing him at six to four. Um, Same. I suspect he will be around six to four mark. Uh, when the exchange market really opens up with a vengeance, because there's one bookmaker out there who's already gone 11 to 12 to try and get him in the book, and I'll be well with them. Um, Epic Poet, Highland Avenue, going to make the running. Um, I'm staying loyal to Dancing Magic, and I thought 18 to 1 was a very big price. I'd be happy to back him at 12s. Um, obviously, he's got form on any grounds. I'm going for ground versatile horses. Um, obviously, the heavy uh, Don Donny. Uh, for the virtuality, a good third in the Craven. Things didn't go right in the Dante. Well, he just blew out there. But he was coming with a decent run on the outside when he got slightly hampered in the Hampton Court. I backed him and tipped him at 66s that day. And I thought he ran a lot better than the finishing position. I mean, Jim Crowley just did, gave the outside to no one that day as well from admittedly poor draw. So, yeah, I think Dancing Magic is massively, well, he's well overpriced at 18s. And I'll back him at 12 to 1 plus. Dancing Magic for me. Okay, Dancing Magic at 18s. We've got a vote for Phantom Flight at 10s as well. Uh, over to you, Kev. Are you going to throw something else into the mix to take Alazi on? Yeah, like, and, I, and I do like Alazi. I've often tipped him on the pod, but, but the, the lads are right. Like he, he ran like a constipated pigeon the last day. And um, <laughs> it'd be it'd be tough enough to take that price. So um, Highland Avenue is the one I'll put up against him. Just because I think he's rock solid. Like he's... Like he's run to kind of a, a, a 110 level there a bunch of times um, on different ground conditions, etc. He did that last time in the Wolverton. Um, and I think if he runs to 110 here again, like he might just win. Um, you know, if Alazi bounces back, you know, he'll, he'll be tough, obviously, but um, price and everything else. Um, but, uh, you know, 7 to 2, but Highland Avenue, if he hits that 110 now, he'll, he'll, he'll make him work, I'd say. So he'll do it for me. All right. Let's roll on to the 225 at Newbury. And this is over the two miles and half a furlong. It's the Class 2 handicap. Very competitive. TC, I'm going to come to you first here. You've got Nathaniel Green and Sweet William up at the top of the betting. And they are rated the same, both 88. Nathaniel Green is currently 7-2 to two, and Sweet William is currently 5s. They're taking on Noval Legend, who, of course, has put in a good performance here over the course and distance to win earlier in the season. And then there's some other sort of solid staying type in there and behind the likes of the Grand Vizier and others. Um, I was at Doncaster when Sweet William won, finally won his novice race. He was blinkered that day. He's obviously being gelded. He's a half to Hurricane Lane and they clearly know that they've got a talented horse, but he is not necessarily straightforward. Into a handicap now. I'm intrigued to see how he gets on, but this is going to be deep enough waters for him, isn't it? Yeah, it's obviously it's a competitive handicap, isn't it? Uh, again, I was waiting for the prices to come through and I was hoping for about five to Daniel Green. Uh, even though he was likely to be favourite, I'd, I'd be quite happy to tip him at five. But seven to two is a little bit short for my liking. And I'm, I'm a bit too price insensitive. But 
I mean, he's got an excellent chance, isn't he? I mean, he's, everyone saw... He was given a strange ride in the Northumberland plate last time. I mean, he was actually smashed into joint favouritism uh, on the off. Um, but Atsini, I think it was Atsini, just gave him a very, very quiet ride. And he was never near a line than four for of this kind of mark. So with a more urgent ride, he's always threatened to be a very good horse. He beat a 92-rated Giovalotto at uh, Haydock this time last year. and But I mean, the price is a bit off-putting. Um, also, the fact, I mean, the first time blinkers might be the key to him. Um, and it, it, when he beat Giovalotto, he was wearing first time cheap pieces. But Haggis hasn't got a great record with first time blinkers. He's 20 from 155 in the last um, last decade or so, uh, considering Haggis normally works at a, a strike rate of about 25%. I thought that was a little bit underwhelming. I'm going to take a chance. Sportsbook are playing four places in this, by the way. I'm taking a chance with Rainbow Dreamer. At 40 to 1. There is some 50s around, but I think 40s is very fair. Again, I'd back him at 25 to 1 plus. He was only a length and a quarter behind Nathaniel Green at Newcastle, and he's actually eight pounds better off here because he's seven pounds lower on turf. Now, he's a bit of a sand monkey in recent years, but he is a course winner. He is very well handicapped. He did run well at Newmarket. I thought the 40s was very big. The 50s is obviously even bigger. But no, I'm happy. Rainbow Dreamer, 40 to 1 each way, four places with the sportsbook. All right, big price swing for TC, as we may have expected. Over to you, Dan, for this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that the the two horses that need to be at the head of the betting are there. Sweet William with the, un, the unknown quantity, Nathaniel Green with the really solid form. But, I mean, I'm a, I'm a stickler for going back to what I've said before. And I do think the Grand, the grand Vizier is overpriced ah, again. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he just <laughs> he just seems really solid. I think the handicapper could have been way harsher. He's left him on the same mark pretty much after the Ascot run where he gave a a classy animal, didn't he? In the he ran twice in the week. He ran in the Queen Alex. We know that this is that's his backyard, really. He's run all his best races there in recent times. Outstanding record at the Royal Meeting. I thought he emerged with a great deal of credit. Second in a week in the handicap, the Ascot Stakes earlier in the week. He probably would have been banged there had he not been one of several that were badly hampered. So a 12 to 1 each way part. He's running this race once before, finished seventh, beaten half a dozen lengths, but that was off 105. That came into on the back of the Ascot Stakes. Really, two miles at Newbury should be ideal for a horse who, who's sort of a strong travelling non quickener. But yeah, I, I just think the handicap has been, been too kind to him. He's a bigger price than Jeremiah, who's coming here from winning an air handicap and misses the break every time. Slightly scared of Postilio, and he's one to know anyway because he was the one horse that tried to go with Vauban at the Royal Meeting and the poor lad was blowing out of his arse as they entered the straight. But um, he could get a good position. I mean, it could be a huge tick in the Vauban box if any more are needed if he runs his face off because Vauban sort of turned him away and, and exhausted him. So they were the two both interested in, both double figures. Postilio would be win only and Grand Vizier would be win in place. Okay. Postilio is one of two pace angles I've got on the race along with Silent Gateway. I've got a question mark with Sweet William. So uh, in addition to Dan's kind of like comments there, he could get, I wouldn't say an uncontested lead, but he could be running one or two. Bang yeah, I'd hope he'd sit second. I think Solent will lead, won't he? All right, well, Postilio is currently 10s and the Grand Vizier is best price 
Uh, no, it's yeah, it's best price fourteen to one with the sports book as we talk right now. Um, Kev, you were making some encouraging grunting noises. Not that any of us need to hear that, but in <laughs> agreement with the Grand Vizier comments, I that presume. would be a good show title: encouraging yeah. <laughs> grunting noises. Uh, I thought it was odds on with constipated pigeon, but there we go. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, look, I'm with, I'm with the Grand Vizier as well. Um, grunting noises are de rigueur there, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, like he ran great. The, 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 both times, ask it in fairness. Like the, the 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 run of the handicap was really good. He just got murdered, didn't he? And, and then he made Don Rise and gave him a bit of a fright. Like Don you know, Rise, his name. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, but he's got like he's got the old pensioner's leniency from the handicapper, hasn't he? Like if this horse was was you know six year old, he would have got five pounds plus for that run. He's got two. Um, you know, and and generally, you, you look back over the years and always getting older, etc. But and generally, like he's bounced well from Ascot to his next run and shown up very well and run big races. Um, so like he's just well handicapped. I know he's old, but he, he clearly retains plenty. And um, yeah, I just liked him. I thought he was overpriced, I thought he'd be shorter, certainly a single figure price. Um, so the sports book 14 to 1 best price, make him pay, lads, make him pay. There you go, beautiful, right. On we go to the Hackwood Stakes, sprinting now at Newbury, the three o'clock at Newbury over the six furlongs. And really interesting, TC, we've got these two horses currently co-favourites at four to one at the top of the market. Comanche Falls, the older horse, off the back of winning the dash over here in Ireland at the when last seen, taking on Lazoo, who hasn't quite delivered on A, what she did last year or the sort of chat of what people thought she'd be able to do this year, obviously with limited um, evidence so far, obviously the Commonwealth Cup kind of flopped behind Shaquille, but I know you were keen on her TC uh, in that race. Are you willing to take another chance with her here? Well, I, I actually backed her and tipped her at 20s for the July Cup. Um, and because the owners got their own way, they wanted to keep the horse back for Frankie to ride because obviously he couldn't ride it that day. And they ran Kinross instead, which is... Which is nonsensical. I mean, they, they decided to set up a group one with a group one winning filly and come for a group three instead. Blue Sorry, it's, all it was, it was, it's all about Frankie, baby. It's all about Frankie. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if Lazoo can't win this unpenalised group one winner, uh, then she had no business at Newmarket anyway. But uh, you can make excuses for a two runs this year. Um, didn't stay in the Guineas, was on the wrong side of the track uh, in the Commonwealth Cup. Um, and you know, even though this is a very tight knit on ratings, I mean, she gets all the allowances there. Like I said, she's not pretty nice of the group one. Um, but the four, I'd write it's she's kind of the jury is still out whether she's fully trained on, so she's kind of horse. I'd rather take 21 about in a group one than four to one in, in a competitive group three. And you can make a case for Rohan, Cold Case, and I quite like Eras in first time blink. As well, he's actually the lowest rated horse in the race, but I think he's a very dangerous floater in here. Um, no, I think too soon after the constipation, that word, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a bit of a theme, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a theme emerging. You had one getting getting blown out of a tire. This is not I really should shit or get off the pot, shouldn't I? <laughs> Um, I'll go Lazoo, but want at least five to one play, and I think you might get there on the exchange. But um, consider, yeah, Lazoo. All right, Lazoo. Uh, continuing our theme of being forgiving on this podcast, TC's going again with Lazoo. 
Um, Kev, I'll come to you next. As TC's already outlined, it's very competitive cases to be made left, right and centre. Are you looking away from those top two in the market or are you hanging your hat on maybe the current form or something else? I thought this was painfully tough now. I, I'm veering away from the car farm. I'm Kamachi Falls. Right. I, I don't know if that was as good as it's being perceived by the market. Um, I thought that was that was an open goal for him now, and I thought he made the heavy enough weather of it. Um, I think if the like the Joseph at the second international, and he, he seems to be getting the hang of sprinting. He's since been sold, but I think if he ran in this race, he'd, he'd get run over, you know. Um, so <laughs> I, I just I just don't know about that form. Um, and it, it's very close to the net. Araz is interesting. Like the blink going for the blinkers now is aggressive. Um, I, I wouldn't like to judge him too harshly on the run at Doncaster because that was obviously fairly brutal ground. Um, open day of the season and um, the blinkers are aggressive but I think the ability is there um, look needs to step up but I think he can um, based on the balance of his form and just the blinkers is interesting um, and I don't think they'd have him on in a race unless they'd use them at home and being encouraged by what they saw so um, I'll take my chance on ARAS, but it's, it's token now this is really tough stuff all right a token vote for Eras and Dan. Final, final word from you on this race. Yeah, shark car. Completing the Mancunian mug tricks. He of horses are always back. Uh, and with oh. Rohan. Oh yeah. Oh. I don't. I don't. I agree with Kevin. My main view into the race is Comanche Falls is possibly the worst price in the race at four to one. I mean, is he really? I know it's a, that was his first ever win at listed level. Basically, a top end handicapper who was able to. Half falling one, as Kev always says, that the competition in the Irish sprints is it's just been at the mercy of the British sprinters, art power and the like have shown in recent years. And then as Tony's outlined, you've got you have got major doubts for Lazoo. He's four she's four to one to win Lazoo. What price is she to finish placed? I mean, that that's the way I'd approach her odds. So no interest in that. Anaf's gonna run well again, isn't he? Stepping up back up to six looks the right move the way he's been shaping, but Late flurry over five furlongs at Ascot last week from Rohan was eye-catching and he was fourth in this race last season. If you remember it, he made an obscene burst from about two furlongs to the, the furlong pole and <laughs> obscene burst. Gosh. Um, Stop, guys. This is uh, such a shitty podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for once in his life, he didn't see his race out thoroughly, but I just thought he got burst by giving that <laughs> making such a huge move. So, yes, uh, Rohan, for me, uh, to complete that triumvirate of horses that I have a direct debit on. Lovely, lovely. Just straight over the cliff again he goes. The title of the uh, programme. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Barry, <laughs> Barry's fuming already. Uh, let's move on to the Super Sprint, guys. Big focus, obviously, on Saturday oh, at Newbury over the five furlongs. Weatherby Super Sprint for the two-year-olds always adds so much intrigue. Uh, people seem to love this race. And at the moment, Relief Rally is at the top of the market, bringing in the Queen Mary form along with Juniper Berries, who's up there, one of two quite high in the market for Eve Johnson-Walton. The other one is Bob Slade, bringing in the Coventry form from Royal Ascot. Uh, Relief Rally is currently your 13-8 to favourite. Bob Slade, six. Juniper Berries in there at fives. Those are your top three in the market. Um, Kev, because you just did another groan of disapproval, I'm going to come to you first for the two-year-olds. Have you ever? Managed to find the winner two days uh, no, after the Super Sprint. I, I moan about it every year as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, form is 
form doesn't seem to stand up as well in the in these sales races for whatever reason. And um relief rally, look, it was very unfortunate. Like it won half a yard before the line and probably half a yard after the line in the Queen Mary. Um oh. just got nipped by the American and well clear of the rest. Looks super run. Um wouldn't throw a stone at her at all. Stepping up and trip should be fine. But just it's the it's the super sprint, you know. And I think Bob Slay um gets get gets a little bit of weight there. And you know, his run in the Coventry was quite good as well. His two runs prior were good. Um I you know, the trip isn't a concern for him or isn't an unknown as such. Um so look, I've the ones with the more established form in the book, I'd favor him, but um you've got a whole heap of you know, you always get some yoke that like completely outruns itself <laughs> about 25, yeah, 25 yeah. pounds in this and throws spanners in the work. So it's it's always a, a real minimum um a minimum bullish race, bullishness race for me. But um I do like Bobsley and hope he can run well. Okay, Bobsley currently six to one for the E Johnson Northern team with the Betfair Sports book. Um TCL come to you next. Are you going with some of that Royal Ascot form or are you siding towards a lesser exposed individual? Uh, won't be having a bet for relief rally was by far the most likely winner. I actually don't think 13 to eight is that bad a price, but the problem uh, you've got here is, I mean, she's outstanding on form and she's outstanding on the clock as well. But the only problem is you've got 20, 21 runners and, you know, they're probably massive odds on to split into three groups as well, isn't it? So, you know, we, we've seen how that can play against horses at Royal Ascot. Um, do I think she'd win it eight times out of 21? Uh, or is that wrong? No, that's wrong, isn't it? Um, no, I think she'd be slightly win her, but I won't back her at 32, even though okay. I can face for that. Yeah. And Dan, you didn't tell me that you weren't for this race, but I know it's a two-year-old race, so if you would like to say move on, I'm giving you a free pass. No, well, I, I like the notion that I can hope something here that I don't just put up every time because they're too young <laughs> for that to have happened previously. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Kev's all right, and uh, it's just it's just Wild West, this race, isn't it? You, wow. Every year, there's something at 50s and 66s, and you're like, well, the hell has that got involved? Um, we've seen plenty of good things, but we've seen the odd good thing win. Remember Tiggy Wiggy putting up a massive performance when she was a standout of the weights. I wondered if that gap was too big as well, though, between the Coventry form and the Queen Mary form. River Tiber is hailed as probably the best six furlong sprinting two-year-old until his stable mate decided to make his presence felt again at Newmarket last week. Um, and Bobsleigh wasn't far behind him. I don't mind the notion of him having the stamina over six furlongs already in what's likely to be an extremely strongly run race. Uh, the thing in the back of my mind is I remember thinking that short price one of Eves that ran in this race a couple of years ago was a good thing as well. His name escapes me now and and he let me down that day. But once bitten, twice, not shy. Um, hopefully Bobsleigh will do some cool runnings down the middle of the track and win. <laughs> well done excellent 10 points to Dan Barber um, let's move on we will quickly flip over to Ireland and do the Curragh whilst we are in flat mode and Kev I will come to you first for the Irish Oaks the Group 1 the Classic it is on ITV this weekend over the mile four furlongs but everyone listening knows that already and Save the Last Dance is the even money favourite second in the Epsom Oaks of course not seen since taking on stablemate Warm Heart 7-2 Blue Stocking in there at nine to two, Lumiere Rock in there. At nine to one, um, 
that's the top few anyway in the betting. And Kev, say, is it all about Save the Last Dance here? We, we want to see her put in another devastating Chester-esque performance. I know that's unlikely, but do you think we saw the real her at Epsom? Was that her as well? Um, I didn't want to make too many excuses for her. Look, what you okay. have to say about Chester, I suppose, is look, it was visually brilliant and on the clock it was strong. Um, what we found out in the meantime was that she was beating, you know, in the context of, you know, stakes fillies, she was beating a load of rubbish. Um, and, you know, she did it by 22 lengths. So, <laughs> you know, um, that, 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 that notion was clearly in the air anyway, but it's been confirmed since. And like, look, it was much faster ground at Epsom. And the track was considered a bit of a concern. All things considered, she she ran very well. I know she was odds on and she was beaten, but she was beaten by a good one in Soul Sister, who's come out and acquitted herself very well since, um, albeit in defeat, but, um, uh, you know, in, in a very strong race against the Colts in France. Um, so, look, it's it's not a surprise that Ryan has elected to ride her, but Warm Hart um, looked very good herself at Royal Ascot. Um ground should be fine for her and now like like tc mentioned just to recap like there's a lot of range due to come to the car um mm. you know friday evening into saturday and i'd be operating on the basis of at least soft ground um, which is unfortunate for a classic but what can you do um but say the last dance would love it warm heart warm heart should be fine and look i give a mention to lumiere rock um she was one of my 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 bigger fancies for royal ascot and, and she ran well behind warm heart um race didn't really go her way um, the way it panned out, Ryan kind of nicked Lumiere Rock's spot um, early on and made best use of it, whereas Lumiere Rock then was kind of a little bit further back than ideal and um, took a little time to get open country and um, she stays particularly well. So um, Dylan Brown McMonagall takes over the ride and I, I'd be hoping a more positive ride to make use for stamina will be forthcoming. And um, I suspect she's capable of better. Um, could she be save the last dance? It might be asking a bit much, but um, with the dead eight, if you were inclined towards a, a place only in each way, something like that, a win and place, um, by all means. But looking forward to it now. Should should be a good race. We're some really interesting form lines slinging together, and um, looking forward to seeing it. And I hope the rain stops by race time. Yeah, Lumia Rock then is nine to one. Save the last dance, as I said, even money at the top of the market. Down over to you for the Irish Oaks. As Kevin's touched upon there, you know, these different form lines coming into play, but which one's going to come out on top? Yeah, probably the jolly. I think the ground's more in her favour than it was, but to be honest, it's just rather self-indulgent for you. This is the start of the campaign to get a statue built for Warm Heart because I think she was the only winner I put up at Royal Ascot. Um, <laughs> stick it in the back garden, stick it at Ascot Racecourse if you want. But I think that occasion and that the merit of that horse needs to be needs to be marked by everybody. Love it, <laughs> appreciation for the Warm Heart. And TC, did you have a strong view in the Irish Oaks, considering all the rain that you have told us is incoming? No, all I would say is that. I think they were pretty devastated when Save the Lance, uh, Save the Last Dance got beat at Epsom. Uh, whether it's a track, uh, I suspect it's the ground. With no excuses on that score on Saturday, I think they expect her to win and win well. Right. Okay. Win and win well. Simple as. Let's move on to market raise and then TC. We will kick off with the handicap hurdle, please. Uh, the 205. It's over the two miles, four and a half furlongs. And Fenner's loss, wavering down. Appreciate uh, they're sort of near the relatively near the top of the market for this. Fenner's loss is your seven to one market leader. Best price with the sports, but wavering down is 15 to two. Appreciate is 11s. Um, 
sort of sums up the fact that those sort of prices are the top three in the market, how wide open this is. Yeah, um, yeah competitive race, um, six forward goers. Um, I'm a sucker for an oldie, as we all know, and I thought Pink Eye Pedro um, was um, a fair price. Um, you've got a horse here that's better known as a chaser. In fact, he finished third in the in the summer plate here off a mark of 142 a couple of years ago. Comes here off a mark, hurdles mark of 107 after uh, winning well at Savile and then finishing a good second at Stratford. Uh, yeah, I just think off that kind of off that kind of mark over hurdles, probably worth chancing here. I mean, like the race, like I said, there's loads of pace in here. Just sit relatively handy and come late. I mean, it could she could be it could be too old for this. Uh, task, but I thought the handicap mark over hurdles was quite tempting. What I would say, I had a look at the the first time Hickey here, and I don't think I've ever seen a leading trainer with worse headgear stats than David Pike. He is, well, he's got first time blinkers here. He's two from 160. Um, <laughs> two from 160 and first time blinkers since I think 2009. And he's got one in first-time cheat pieces later on in the card. And he's only three from 50 with that. I've never I've never seen – well, he, he, he's not at the top table anymore, but I've never seen a worse headgear stat than that for, for a trainer of his uh, repute. Wow. Mm. Oh, so that is kind of shocking. Dan, have you done your market raise in form? I, I presume you have. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to this race, every, mm-hmm. this day's racing every year. Um now, I do think she's very hard. You referenced the fact that it's seven to one the field. Tony used the word competitive, which is, I think, exactly what this race is. It's perhaps a bit too much between Kusuman and Fenner's loss on the Hexham farm. as a good start for Susan Corbett, who's not a bad operator at a lowish level and got him off Mulholland cheaply, ran well. But my angle into the race, taking away all the, the openness, is chance that Dream Jet will improve for a new stable was with an Irish trainer. Who, I don't even know his first name. He's really ignorant and rude of me. Sorry, sir. But um, he's a sort of a 9 10% operator, smallish team, probably not got many horses. 10%, 9% might be about the going rate that you'd expect. But he's joined a trainer in Brian Ellison, who's a 15 16% merchant, very good trainer at getting horses improving off of the stables. He's gone to the trouble of getting the champion jockey. Um, for now, Sean Boy may well be taking that um, off Brian Hughes the way things are going, but rides this, very, this track very well. And yeah, basically half a guess up. This horse could go off 20s. He could go off seven to two. Tens is the middling price. And I'll take the chance on that. And if he goes off seven to two, four to one, great. He'd obviously be more more confident. Or Mo Farrell. Right. He's, he's not a bad trainer. He'd be he'd be better uh-huh. known as as a trader rather than a trainer, but um, no, he he wouldn't be bad at all now. But uh, I wish you well, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. What was his name again? Sorry, Cormac. 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 Much love, Cormac. Right. Let's move on, Dan. I'll stick with you for the summer handicap hurdle over the two miles and half a furlong at market raise and the two forty there on Saturday on ITV. Again, plenty of prize money on this sort of card, as you would expect. Belvedere Blast is up at the top of the betting. Dan Siller in there and two friendly. Who Dan's talking about Cliff Horses? Two friendly has definitely been one of mine so far this sort of spring slash summer. Belvedere Blast is seven to two market leader. Dan Siller at fives and two friendly, as I mentioned, eights. Dan, I'm relying on you to find me the 
the winner of this horse, but I'd love you even more than I already do if you tipped up too friendly and he actually went and won. Yeah, he might be. I mean, there's going to be a strong pace, but that helps him. He'll settle and I don't think he'll force it. Um, got racing a bit too far out at Cartmel. Um, kick for home between the last two. It's a long way to go. And he got chinned late on by 515, who's an improver who really motored late on to beat him for Key and Collins. Solid form that. I've most of the summer I've been thinking that Father of Jazz would win this race and they rely on two friendly instead. So maybe there's something significant in that. I do wonder if Father of Jazz might be heading to Galway or something because we know what a good horse he was and how he's got his act together. But TC just mentioned uh, a trainer and I'm actually sticking up Mr. Reek here, the ex Easterby train mare, mid 80s horse, 40 meets to be on the flat. Ran a really sound race on his debut for David Pipe on the flat, and he's since gone three from four over hurdles. Feels a bit old school, Martin Pipe stuff. This three wins at a lowish level, and the handicapper having to have a crack at what what Marky thinks you're worth. But I think one twelve might underestimate it given what she was on the flat. Um, she'd be first port of call. I'll give a mention also for Glorious Zoff, who I thought should have beaten Manor Park when they met uh, Newton Abbott. He'll want a strong pace, and it's not an ideal place to come from the back. However, however strong the pace, it just horses get messed around. It can get congested, but he's in really good nick. This horse, Fergal Bryan's turned him inside out. Fergal, of course, runs three of these, and all three have got really solid chances. Four apologies for all four have got really solid chances. Right, all right. So nice even spread for Fergal. Uh, TC, any views in this race specifically? Any bets? I suppose is actually what we want to know. Yeah, I thought Castle Gandolfo was very, very um, competitively priced at 14 to 1. He was the next second in this race last year. Uh, one on his reappearance under today's claimer. Uh, then went to Cartmel. Uh, didn't, on the face of it, ran disappointingly, but it's Cartmel, isn't it? And, and um, he was three pounds out of the handicap there. So, he got a lot to yeah. do as well. You what, sorry? He was like he ended up with a lot to do as well. I remember he was, was miles back three out. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about this claim of Jack Hogan, and but he must have been ridden a few winners because he's, he's Hulk's son. Remember Hulk? Yeah, I do <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> um, he won't be eating much if he takes off his dad's side. <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, he's about seven foot and eight stone. Um, yeah, Carlson Grandolfo, I thought 14s uh, each way was to go a little bit better than he did in the race last year. It was very fair, but I will have a bet in the race. It will be him, but it will be tiny. All right, fair enough. And then what about the summer plate, TC? Quick, we're just right. This last last race before Naps, I think, it's preview. Uh, this, the plenty summer plate. Plenty of pace in there. I'm sure everyone, the, the main headline in the race will be Frankie de Burley going for a hat-trick in the race. Looked an ideal tee-up job for this race last time. And I imagine Sean Bowen will be a bit more animated today. And he actually comes in here off a fair mark of 140, given he won, won the race of 137 and 139. And I think when he won off 137, he gagged up by about 7.5 lengths. So, but you obviously, he's a horse that's never going to be missed in the market. He's an 11-2 market leader. I suspect you will get a lot bigger on the day. And if you do, I might check a few quid at him. But 11 to 2, I like the claims, but a bit too obvious. And that's reflected in his odds. All right, fair enough. And final word then to you, Dan, for the summer plate, one of your favourites, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so give us the winner then. Just reflecting back on the press, like 
maybe this is just massively the wrong price, which is possible, or it's just a reflection of how good this race is this year. But Chief Black Robe has been one of the biggest improvers you'll ever see in four runs of Fergal <laughs> O'Brien. And he's 20 to 1, right at the bottom of the page. Um, but I'm going with another horse who's been prolific. Basically, anything you're back in this race has won its last start. So many of them are in form. But I was at Perth last week before my car broke down. So things were really, like, spirits were really high at this point. Um, and Bomb <laughs> Famous cantered around again. It was a bit of a nothing race, but she has made such strides since joining Ian Jardine from Claire O'Connor. I think. The same source he got a really progressive mare last season called Glen Ava from. She's cantered through all of her races. She won first time out when I think she was half just there to get her fitness up, came through late. She's gone unbeaten since, maintained that flawless record for the stable. And two starts back at Ainger when she saw off Dicey Riley was was especially impressive over hurdles. Went from last to second in a matter of strides. She's crept in at the bottom. I mentioned it on Race TV last week, that I wonder if they might want to turn her out quickly for this race because 115 should just about get her in based on last year's renewal, and it has. She needs to step up again, but Harry Cobden coming in for the ride was was icing on the cake territory for me. I thought that was quite interesting. She looks a safe enough conveyance, strong traveller. I don't think we've seen the best of her yet. All right, Born Famous, best price with the sportsbook, currently at 10-1. to 1 for the summer plate at Market Raisin. Uh, that wraps up the rattle through of all the ITV races. Kevin, do you want to mention one other thing from the Curra before we go? Um, yeah, a horse called Metology running in the first on Saturday. Um, I'd be fairly crestfallen if he's beaten now. He's going up and trip and soft ground will suit him. I think he's very nice. So um, if I was allowed to nap him, I'd nap him, but it's not on ITV, so I'm not allowed to nap him. So is that a better, I better mention it? <laughs> okay. okay, come on. Don't worry, TC, don't worry. If there's any price they'll do, just keep taking them. <laughs> <laughs> Myth, right. Myth, Mark, mythology mythology no to win the... I know Brian's got a son of minding in price. Yeah, just just, just keep backing them. Just keep backing them. Wow. <laughs> right. Mythology in the first, then. Load up the satchels for then the ITV racing on Saturday, which we have previewed beautifully, and then you can just lump it all on our nap. So, TC, I will come to you first, please. What is your nap of Saturday? I'll know my fate early because I am napping Dancing Magic in the 150 at Newbury. Lovely. Kevin, you've doubled your money with mythology. And then who are you lumping it all on? Uh, the Grand Vizier. Uh, win and place. Oh, boy. Grand Vizier. Brilliant. And Dan, finally, your nap, please, sir. I was a toss-up between two flat horses instead of the jumpers. And one of them was the Grand Vizier. So let's go double bubble because last time that happened... We caught that Godolphin thing last yeah, week. Yeah, bang, bang. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, the Grand Vizier, all in. Right. That was everyone's naps. Thank you very much to the boys. Thank you very much to the listeners and viewers out there. Do not forget the Betfair Sportsbook offer on Saturday. Bet five, get five on horse racing multiples. Have a five pound bet on horse racing multiples. Get a free £5 bet on horse racing multiples. But please do that responsibly and read the T's and C's in the show's description below. Gamble responsibly on Saturday. Have a good one. Have fun with it. And join us again on Monday when we will be back with Wade In.